Hello, Monetization Nation. Information products can come in many different formats, such as online courses, virtual summits, eBooks, and coaching programs. At their core, information products must provide guidance and value to our customers. Bailey Richard is today's guest. She's a business coach for infopreneurs. She profitably built a five-figure email list without paid ads, has sold millions of dollars worth of info products, and earned a ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club award, which means she's created a funnel that generated more than $1 million. In this episode, Bailey is going to share six tips for adding new revenue streams to our businesses with information products. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. I know you're the queen of information products. We've bought numerous courses of yours and, and uh, they've made a huge difference for us. Let's, let's talk a little bit about virtual summits. That was where we first were introduced to you. Um, tell us some of the, the greatest benefits of a virtual summit and, and why a, an existing business or an entrepreneur would want to consider doing a virtual summit. Sure. Well, a virtual summit, for those of you that don't know, is basically an online conference. If you are hosting a virtual summit, you are the host, and then you reach out to others in your niche or your industry and ask them to come and be guest speakers on your virtual event. So it's, you know, it's the same concept as doing an in-person conference, but it's all virtual. Now, the reason that you might want to do it is because primarily it's a lead generation event. When people talk about summits, lead gen lead gen event is something that they often say. So pretty much the number one benefit people will point to is that you will grow your email list. And the way that you grow your email list is through your guest speakers promotions. So the whole idea behind a summit is that you're going to be inviting people to become speakers on your summit who have their own email lists, who have their own audiences, right? And those people are also your ideal audience members. So when the time comes for the summit to happen, all of your guest speakers will promote your summit to their audience and then those people subscribe to your funnel and they become your email subscribers and audience members. So that's the number one reason people would probably point to when it comes to virtual summits, but that is certainly not the only reason. There's many other benefits that you would get from doing a summit. One of those is certainly revenue or you know the ability to make some income from a summit. Because a summit is basically a, you know, a sales funnel, people have to register for the summit and subscribe with their email address. You can then pitch them products that you have. This could be digital products. That's usually what we do. Um, but, it, but you could do physical products too. And then also just aside from those kind of concrete benefits, there's also some more abstract benefits as well, if you will, such as growing your network and building those relationships with people, um, just kind of putting yourself out there and really getting more visibility in your space or in your niche so that people start to know who you are and start to respect you for you know, what you say you are as a whether coach or something else. And then the opportunities that kind of come from that visibility, you know, people asking you to do podcast interviews or speak on their summits or get interviewed for their YouTube channel or something like that. And that can lead to other things like more sales and clients or collaborations or things like that down the road. So several different benefits to doing a summit. Okay. Um, do you have any stories you could share with me about summits uh, that have worked really well or haven't worked really well? Something that 
illustrates what, what you're trying to teach about why summits are important? Sure, yes, I have so many. The question really is just trying to narrow down which ones. Um, I did do a summit for a client once and he had 62 speakers and he was insistent on going after those A-level influencers in his field. He really wanted to get all big names, even though I've told him many times that, you know, getting those B-level or mid-level influencers is really the best place to reach because those people are going to see themselves more like partners with you and be more willing ultimately to go out and share and promote. And that's really what you need on a summit is to get your speakers to promote for you. He, he didn't listen. He was very insistent on building those relationships. And at the end of the day, out of those 62 speakers, he only had four promote for him, less oh, than 10%, okay. which is obviously not great. Uh, so you, it wasn't at the end of the day, the kind of results he wanted as far as the email list and um, the mon you know, monetization, the income that he made. He, he did say that he was glad he made those relationships though. And, and I haven't, this, this was a few years ago, so I'm not sure what's come of them, but hopefully he was able to leverage those relationships you know, for other things, collaborations or, or whatnot. But, you know, that was one that I tell people a lot because sometimes they get in the habit of just wanting to bring in whoever onto their summit and it, it doesn't really move the needle, um, especially if you're going after those A-level influencers. I, I think that's one story that kind of comes to mind. Uh, so that's a, a great example of what to avoid. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the other information products. Um, other than, well, of all of the different types of information products, uh, what do you believe are the top two or three uh, that are best for entrepreneurs to consider? Wow, that's such a heavy question. Not a bad question, but a heavy question because it, it so depends on where you already are in your business and what your goals are. So, you know, I think you know, the number one thing people would probably say usually is online courses, right? But I am so hesitant to say that because if you don't already have a list, an email list, and you try to sell an online course, you aren't gonna make no money. <laughs> and it's just a sad reality, but it's true because I've been there before. And you could say the same thing about lots of things. You could maybe say the same thing about books. Well, if you don't have an email list, you know, you can't sell your book. But I think that there are certain things that you might be able to do with the book. You might be able to put it up on Amazon or Smashwords, or you, know, you might be able to put together kind of a street team or get a Facebook group kind of growing around your book launch. With an online course, that's a little bit harder to do, especially if you're going to be selling it on your own website, right? And if you're going to end up putting it on someplace like Udemy, you, I, I, in my opinion, people should stay away from those types of sites because they take so much money and they only let you charge so much for your course. It's just kind of ridiculous to make a living like that. So I personally encourage everyone to host their own courses on their own websites. But if you do that, then it's not a marketplace. It's harder to bring the traffic and stuff. So I love what courses can do. I have tons of courses, but I also have an audience. So when I create a course and then I sell it, it's easy for me to make money from it because all I have to do is email people, not difficult, right? But if you don't have any audience at all, then you could get stuck in this trap of trying to build a product and not focusing on your marketing, not focusing on building an audience. And then you go and you try to sell it and, and you make no sales because there's nobody there to buy it. So I think that that's a little trap that I worry about when I say, oh, online courses are amazing. Cause that's what people think. And I think that that's a huge 
problem with our industry is that people talk about, oh, just build a course, people will come, right? It's a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. And that is, that's not how it works. I love that. So to paraphrase, you're saying, even though courses might be the most commonly created one, Summit might be the best first one to create because it allows you to build the list. And then as you roll additional products out, you have a list to, to market them to and your course or whatever else you create would be more successful. Yes, that's correct. Okay. I love it. Okay. So, so we've established virtual summits may be the best type of information product to create. Um, once you've done a summit, do you think a course is the second best one? Do you think it's a book? Do you think um, it's a challenge course? What, do you, what are some of your other favorite ones that you've seen be the most successful? Well, I think it depends on what your goals are. I, I really, I do like courses. And what's so cool is that you could even use a summit to launch your course. You could sell it as an upsell in your virtual summit funnel, or you could, if you knew what course you wanted to launch, you could actually make your summit about the same topic as your course. So let's say you were going to launch a course about self-publishing, for example, you could have a summit that was all about self-publishing because you, th then you know you're attracting audience members that want to learn about self-publishing and you could automatically give them your course after the summit and they're the right target market, right? So I think you have to think about all those factors together. But as far as what is the right type of product, I think you have to decide, okay, what are my goals here? So is your goal to take the course evergreen afterwards and just do one launch of it and then do it evergreen and you're going to run ads to it because that's going to affect a lot of things like how much you price, how much you would price your course for and you know, how long the course might be, or, you know, are you going to pre-sell the course? You know, you're asking a question that I think is kind of interesting because a lot of people want to pigeonhole the info product industry and say, you know, there's only three types of products. There's a book, there's a course, there's a challenge, there's a this, which is best. But you don't have, if you really start to get experience doing info products, I don't think about things like that anymore at all. I know that that's the language that we use, right? You know, we will say, oh, I'm going to launch a course. Fine. Because it's easy to talk to people that way about it. But when you really get into your craft as an info product creator and salesperson, you don't really see them as separate things. You just see them as products. You just see them as a digital format for delivering the content. I know that that's not probably what you want to hear or you know, what people want me to say, but you know, they want this simple answer. Oh, you know, it's, you know, it's this year and challenge funnels are the hot thing. But, you know, things come and go, you know, summits are kind of seeing, you know, a rise right now because of, you know, people being stuck at home and wanting, you know, to deliver content at home to other people. And they're looking for an easy way to do that. But in a couple of years, they'll go down, you know, and challenge funnels might go up, and, but then they'll come back, you know, everything that is old is new again. So many more people have been introduced to Zoom and other video conferencing technologies that had never used those kinds of technologies before. So. I think we're coming into a world that is a lot more open to virtual summits than they were a year ago. Would you mm -hmm. agree with that? Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. Definitely. You know, I have a ton of content, blog posts and videos and things about virtual summits and looking through my Google analytics, I can see a huge spike in people searching for virtual summits and, and that sort of content. They're looking for unique ways to deliver people at home original content who are looking for unique ways to consume it. And a summit is definitely an awesome way for that. Love it. All right. So you mentioned challenge courses. That's another type of of uh, information product that that is very popular right now. Um, you want to explain a little bit what a challenge course is and and why they're so effective? Sure. Well, it's a challenge course is like you said. You can think of it like an online course, except that typically an online course people would get all of the content at once. They would be able to go through it at their leisure and there isn't necessarily a driving force that's getting them to the destination except for their own willpower, right? A challenge is something that is specifically designed to be step-by-step -step so that it will guide its participants from the very beginning all the way through until an end result is achieved. So it might be using our self-publishing example from earlier, you know, seven steps to publishing your first ebook on Amazon. Or instead of seven steps, it might be seven days, right? So the entire idea is that behind a challenge, you're trying to give your audience members a very specific objective and a very very specific window through which you are going to take them to that objective through a very specific set of steps that they can follow. Normally, just like an online course, you might have the first time you launch it, you might have some like group coaching or something to kind of, you know, encourage people to, to dive into the material. Challenges uh, can be evergreen, but we usually launch them at least once first, where you as the challenge creator are guiding your buyers through the program and answering their questions and that sort of thing to get them to that result. Now, challenges themselves, they can be the main offer. They can be the main product, you know, sign up for my challenge, pay me money, and I will walk you through this step. Or they can also be the introductory front end offer to something that's bigger, right? So let's go with that whole writing and self-publishing concept again. Let's say instead of a seven day challenge to get your book on, on Amazon, let's take it a couple steps earlier. And let's say that it's, you know, 30 days to your first manuscript or something like that. You know, something that's early on in the process where people are just getting started. And let's say that this entire challenge costs $47 or $97. That's not much. Usually you don't make tons of profit on that. That is an introductory offer, right? Well, what is going to happen after somebody has their written manuscript at the end of those 30 days? They're going to want to publish it or they're going to want to seek out a publishing contract, a book deal, right? What if you had a $2,000 personalized coaching program that was how to land your first book deal? Or what if you had an agency, you know, that was, hey, we will write your book proposal for you now that you have your manuscript. We'll read it. We'll take excerpts from it. We'll put together your marketing plan. And all of this only costs you $2,500. You're basically using that challenge course, you know, as a way to get leads for your higher ticket programs. And that's how I'm seeing challenges used a lot today. Uh, can you think of any examples of coaching um, or secrets of coaching that, that you'd recommend? 
Well, coaching, we typically talk about as a service and it is that, right? Because you're trading some of your time for money. But what I always tell people whenever they become coaches is that it, this is not an hourly gig. What you need to be doing is putting together coaching packages. And a coaching package is something that has incredibly high value. Therefore, you can charge more for it. You know, unless you are somebody like Russell Brunson, I'll just use him as an example, it's very unlikely you could go to someone like you or I and to say, I'm going to charge you $1,000 an hour for my coaching. Maybe you are worth $1,000 an hour. You're incredibly good at what you do. But somebody who has a normal nine to five job is going to think, wow, that's outrageous. I'm not paying that because I only make 50 bucks an hour as an engineer or whatever it is that people do. Right. And so it, there just doesn't, it's not very realistic. And so we want to, what we want to do as coaches is not charge by the hour or not just say, Hey, it's $500 for two hours or something like that. What we want to do is find ways to add value to create a package that includes our time and coaching services, but it includes other assets as well. So that the entire package seems like such an irresistible deal, an irresistible offer that they have to take it, right? So for example, if I was going to do a three-month coaching package for beginning infopreneurs who are getting their businesses started, I might say, okay, you know, my package is $5,000 for the full three months, but it includes weekly one-on-one -on -one calls with me, unlimited uh, email and messaging support so you can get a hold of me anytime. It includes a custom action plan that I'm going to write up just for you based on our initial calls and it's going to describe our work and our step-by-step -step process together. It's also going to include lifetime access to all three of my signature online courses. It's going to include a private st coaching students only membership group, Facebook group, something like that, where you can network with your peers. You know, those are just some of the examples off the top of my head that I've used in the past for my coaching programs, but I'm sure you can think of, you know, tons of things to add. You know, maybe it's a, you have a twice a year in-person, you know, meetup, mastermind meetup or something like that, that you can add. So the person who is buying this package isn't doing the calculations in their head. Okay. $5,000 divided by 12 weekly calls, you know, but rather they're looking at the entire package and realizing, okay, this is all the value that I am receiving, you know, for all of this. And, you know, it's great because a lot of those things after you've created them once, aren't going to cost you that much more, you know, adding on the courses or the action plan. You don't write an, you know, a custom action plan every time. You have a template that you customize, right, to cut down on the work or something like that. You know, you tell people, hey, you can email me anytime, but I'm, I have 24 hours to get back to you. So you don't have to feel like you need to be at your computer 24-7, right? You as a coach can still set boundaries, uh, but giving people that extra value to make the offer seem more irresistible is what you want to do as a coach. Love it. Love it. And maybe even tying it to group coaching sessions where you have multiple people paying for it and everyone can learn from the questions of the group, but you're doing, do you have anything you'd like to share? Any secrets or stories about masterminds? I think with masterminds, the question is, you know, what is a mastermind, first of all, because there are so many different types, I think. And I think it can be also confused with group coaching, right? You know, some people say, I'm going to start a mastermind. And then essentially what they've done is they've just created a group coaching program. So in my opinion, what I think is the difference is that a group coaching program is essentially led by the coach. A mastermind is 
in my opinion, significantly less structured because it's not being really led by a coach who's saying, here's what we're going to do every week, but it's being led by the people in the group and they're all trying to learn from one another. So the person who is the head of the group or the one that you're paying to be a part of the mastermind is more like a facilitator who's connecting people and who's making the arrangements for meetings and things. That doesn't mean they don't do any coaching, right? Obviously they do. Um, you know, they are the leader who's being respected and looked up to by everybody in the mastermind. But I think that that community is definitely an essential part of what that mastermind really is. And I also think in a mastermind, it's more acceptable for people to come in with different goals or essentially different things they're looking to get out of that mastermind. Whereas in group coaching, it's like, it's usually everybody has the same goal. Okay. We are going to launch a course together. That is the goal that by the end of these three months, you will have launched a course. We're in a mastermind. It can be a lot more open-ended, you know, maybe a mastermind could go on for years, even, you know, you have to pay a yearly fee to participate in it. And everybody kind of has different goals. Nobody's working on the same project. There's someone over here that's doing a book. There's somebody over here, you know, but that said, uh, I don't want to contradict myself, but everybody has the same very broad goal. And usually in business masterminds, the broad goal is we all want to grow our business, right? Definitely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about recurring revenue. Right. Okay. So the first, there's only two that really come to mind and I prefer one over the other and I'll tell you why. So the first one is a, a membership site of some sort that people have to continually keep paying for. Right. So that's the first one. And the second one is affiliate marketing um, with recurring revenue, which technically isn't affiliate marketing is not an info product in and of itself. But infopreneurs or people that create info products can add affiliate marketing to their uh, overall income streams. So I'll touch upon the first one, which is the memberships, right? So recurring revenue when you're talking about info products is anything that people have to keep paying for to continually access. While a mastermind or a group coaching program could be recurring, typically, you know, with a group coaching program, people only stay in it until they accomplish their goal. And so it's kind of limited time reoccurring. So maybe it's okay, three monthly payments of $1,000. That's not really what we're talking about here because in order for something to be recurring to the point where you could live off of it, it has to be recurring over and over and over and over and over again. So we're not really talking about services. We're talking about some sort of info product which can be recurring. And so we often call those memberships or membership sites. Um, now, I will say this about memberships. The idea of recurring revenue with membership sites is appealing, right? The idea that, oh, well, I could create some videos every single week and throw them in a membership area and then people have to pay me $17 a month in order to have access. What could be better? The problem is, you know, today all of us are on memberships for lots of things, for Netflix and, you know, food delivery and, you know, a whole, a whole ton of stuff. And people are not going to tolerate paying for something month after month if they're not using it. So it's people think that memberships are easy, but they are not easy because the average person ends up staying in a membership for only about three months. Unfortunately, I can't off the top of my head give you the exact place where I found that. But when you think about it, it kind of makes sense though, right? Because a lot of people will get in, they kind of get excited at first, your marketing has got them all hyped up to be a part of this community. And then they consume all the content pretty quickly, they burn through it really fast. And then they're looking for a reason to stay 
And most membership site owners don't give them a good reason to stay. They just assume that once they're in, they won't leave. They will leave. Nobody wants to keep paying for something. And the minute that they start looking through their credit card statement because things are getting a little tight, your course or membership is going to be the first thing to go. So, and just giving them something that's very hands-off, like, oh, you get access to a Facebook group. That's not going to make them stay either. There needs to be something else. So there needs to be continuous addition of new materials for them to consume so much so that they don't want to leave because they don't want to miss the next thing. There needs to be, you know, weekly hot seats or group coaching or interviews with experts in your group or something where they say, I'm getting so much value out of this. I don't want to leave. And the problem with people that you know think membership sites are easy is they don't plan for this. They start to get really overwhelmed because they're trying to do lead generation and they're trying to create material all the time for these you know membership site students and it's too much for them to handle. So what's the first thing they stop doing? Is the content creation, right? They focus on the lead gen because they need sales to survive. So then they stop doing all the stuff that made people stay. They stop creating new videos and content. They stop creating new custom, you know, content for their groups and things and people start to leave and, and overall it, it doesn't, you know, work very well. So memberships can work, but you have to recognize that all of these factors play into it. You can't just assume that it's easy money. The other type of uh, recurring revenue that a lot of infopreneurs turn to is affiliate marketing, which isn't usually recurring, except there are certain programs out there that you can promote, which pay their affiliates on a monthly basis. ClickFunnels is one of them. Uh, at the time we're recording this, if you are an affiliate for the ClickFunnels software, you get paid every single month that that person who signed up under you stays with the software. And ideally, if you've helped train that person on how to use the software, they're going to use it for a while, several months, several years. I have had the same ClickFunnels account since 2015. So whoever I signed up on I don't even know who they've made a lot of money from me. Right. And it doesn't cost me as the user anything extra. And so that's, that can be another area of recurring revenue. That's not exactly an info product, but if you are creating info products, you can throw in some affiliate links into your content, right? When I talk about click funnels, of course, I'm using all my click funnels, affiliate links, but that click funnels is just one example. Most of these products are SaaS, you know, software as a service, deadline funnel, up viral, click funnels, you know, things like those are some of the top ones that I'm affiliates for that. So I thought of them, but you know, that's another way as well. Okay. If the listeners or watchers uh, enjoyed what they, what they saw or heard, how can they learn more about you and your products and services? Well, thank you so much for having me on. If anybody would like to check out my work, they can just head over to baileyrichard.com. There's links to my blog videos and all my programs over there. Any final words, any other last stories or secrets you want to share with us? I just want to encourage people, even if they have a small audience, to give something a try, something, anything. If it could be a virtual summit, it could be a viral contest, you know, just get out there and try it. And, you know, the first time isn't going to be amazing. My very first book launch was not good, right? But that was years and years ago. And look where I am now. Business is about growth. And even though there are tons of people out there with amazing results that they can point to, oh, I made six figures in a weekend. It took them a long time to get there as well. So don't be discouraged. Your path, you know, you will get there eventually, but it's going to take hard work. So just get out there and try something. I love it. Thank you so much, Bailey, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. 
Number one, host virtual summits to build our audiences and email lists. Number two, host virtual summits to provide value and make connections with experts in our community. Number three, be sure we invite influencers to our summits who will be willing to help us promote the summit to their following. Number four, building our audiences before starting an online course will allow the online course launch to be much more successful. Number five, host our online courses on our own websites. Number six, create challenge courses that lead into more expensive courses. Number seven, create coaching packages that have an incredibly high value for our customers and bundle value in addition to our time. Number eight, in our membership services, keep providing members with recurring value that will make them want to stay each month. Number nine, try something new with information products. It may lead to learning and great success. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Bailey or connect with her or her business, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile and to her website, baileyrichard.com, on the blog for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Did you like today's episode? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, please subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast and YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. What information product could you add to your business to create a new revenue stream from your existing customers? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining us for this episode. I hope you have a fabulous day. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.